Hi, I'm Christy Hurt, the founder of The Collab. We are a collective of brand professionals sharing our career stories. Every week, we pair up two members and they interview each other, so you'll get to hear one episode this week and one next week. We're heading into our third year of The Collab, and you can join us too. Sign up at jointhecollab.com and then tell your story. I'm Rachel Haldanes, a revenue growth strategist. I'm here with Emily Maridor, co-founder and CEO of Atelier. I'm so happy we met in the CoLab. Thank you for having me, Rachel. And thank you to Christy and the CoLab for this amazing opportunity to share my journey. You are a bit further away from the New York City hub in Tel Aviv. How long have you lived and worked there? Yes, I am in Tel Aviv. I'm originally from New York, but we'll start in Tel Aviv. I moved here in late 2013. And I'd like to say that New York prepared me for the intensity of living here, living one day at a time with energy, literally for life, innovation. It's very evident here, which I love. I made a real effort to get to know the local fashion and design scene and meeting amazing, inspiring people, which made the transition into a new life, let alone professional life, possible. The hustle is real here. just want to say that. That's for sure. Especially for fashion. It's away from the main fashion capitals, making networking and keeping up with you know all the new trends and everything that's going on in the industry a bit more of a challenge. We're not, you know, we're considered kind of a satellite city, not part of the main cities like London, Milan, Paris. But social media has definitely helped in that sense and bridged that gap. So that kind of timed with my move here where Instagram kind of got its wheels rolling and and that sort of integrated into the industry. But my relationships that I've built along the way throughout my career have been so important to me with some of some from the first days in fashion that have kept me my feet on the ground, perhaps in both places at the same time. But to run a business from an international market here is very difficult. I mean, at the end of the day, we have to manage the local bureaucracy, special rules, and something that I'm not accustomed to and didn't grow up with. So I couldn't have done it without my partners. They're local Televivians. And having moved into the tech world here, I must say, I'm back to learning and discovering and meeting people who see ideas and processes with a different perspective. And I think that's something that kind of links my the two cities, but also two realities that I've had. And it's been really just such a pleasure working with amazing minds in robotics and 3D mapping, as well as discovering, you know, what kind of technology utility we can offer the industry. Amazing. Now, you've had some big career pivots. What links your past and present role from the beginning? Okay, so I was born in New York City and then spent my childhood in northern New Jersey, just over the George Washington Bridge. Went to an all-girls high school, which looking back, I really think helped build my collaborative efforts and confidence in shaping my future relationships, whether it was in you know finance or in fashion graduating university in 2004 with a business and finance degree i moved back to new york city and immediately started a full-time job at the corporate offices of verizon communications so there i was in the finance acquisition program which was super interesting but at the end of the day it just wasn't super exciting and then i took another role as a senior analyst at jp morgan chase so here I was, you know, commuting from uptown down to Wall Street and 
a colleague of mine basically said to me, what are you doing here? This isn't for you. You need to figure out where you want to go with your career. And that kind of, you know, kind of took me back a little bit because it was, uh, you know, someone observing from the outside in and offering me advice, you know, at 23 years old. So I basically decided that I was going to do something about it and took night classes at Parsons in the design program there and gave myself two years to figure out what I was doing. (laughs) So working during the day and going to classes at night. And basically what I figured out in that time is that I wanted to work as close to the product as I could. But what did that mean coming from a finance background? So that was something I still need to figure out. And actually almost two years to the day, I had the opportunity to start working at Dion von Furstenberg, which she had just moved to her new amazing townhouse on 14th Street in the meatpacking. And it was such an incredible time for the brand's history when she had come back and into the market and taken it by storm. And the company was going really fast and roles were being created to handle the growth. So, you know, that left an opening for someone like my profile, which came in and I basically started as support for the wholesale team and the operational team. So I created kind of that link between the two and I learned a lot of the front house and how it worked in terms of wholesaling, retailing, orders coming in, and how that affected production and logistics. And it was such a learning experience there. And But eventually, the product merchandising department had an open position, and I said, okay, this is where I belong. And I convinced her to take me on, which was the best, because that basically set off my trajectory of career in working with product, working with the studio from sketch to the sales rack, and understanding the business side of the company and how the design and product really shaped the financial outcome for the company. In 2011, I had the opportunity to move to Paris and help rebrand Kenzo with the opening ceremony team, leading the women's wear and accessories merchandising. And that was such a journey in itself with a new set of challenges, as you can imagine. Language, cultural, heritage, new market needs, working under a luxury house like LVMH, And at the same time, it was also kind of the dawn of the influencer where bloggers were becoming influencers and the new marketing channels were being created. So it was a super exciting time. And then basically, that's when I met my now husband, who is from Israel, and I relocated to Tel Aviv. And from there, it became, okay, what now? I need to reinvent myself again. And after a few consulting roles, I met two amazing women and we launched Complet, which was an affordable luxury bag brand designed in Tel Aviv, but produced in Italy. And running the company along with a thousand other roles, as you you can imagine, we took it into the international market. And that was something that was new for me. But at the same time, I was looking to what I had learned in my previous careers. And we landed ShopUp as our first account, and we sold out in two weeks. And then, okay, where do we go from there? And we tried everything under the sun in terms of showing the collections in Paris. And eventually we were selling everywhere from Lane Crawford to Suffrages, Neiman Marcus. And once COVID started, we decided we were going to sell the business in order to keep it open. And that's what we did. So we were super proud of that. And now I have a tech company, which is handling fashion retail innovation. And that's where I am now. Amazing. Your story is really great because you you grew through each different role. So what are you most proud of in your career so far? Looking back on it and being able to talk about it here kind of made me reflect on a lot of the craziness that 
I went through. And of course, in the moment, they were very carefully thought out decisions and, you know, trying to put one foot in front of the other and being able to build on my career. I think that what I would be most proud of is the ability to pivot and build upon those experiences and skills to allow space and opportunity for new roles and new challenges. So whether that's, you know, a career change or starting a brand in a new country, no less, or moving into innovation. I definitely tried always to find a link between each of those different phases of my career or steps in my life that would work for me. I think that looking back on it, it sounds a bit more grand, but during in the moment, definitely had some curious moments of being unsure or is this the right way? And definitely always said, okay, there's, there's got to be a plan B if it doesn't work out. <laughs> so luckily, you know, I'm, I'm continuing to push forward and yeah, try new things. Great. Yes. And in, in, in every different stage, right? It's like gritty and glamorous and it's all a learning process. Absolutely. I think that that's one of the biggest mysteries, you know, coming from the outside into fashion is the the grittiness and rolling up the sleeves and working 20 hour days and also having to be able to step outside and understand what you're doing, you know, for the company and the product and, and then going into having my own brand to be able to know how to maneuver each section of the company or the business in such a way that links everything together for success. It's really kind of mind boggling at the same time, but so much fun. Right, exactly. You, you definitely touched on a, a key issue there, I think with some of the older companies that are now scrambling to be less siloed and more integrative and communicate better and collaborate better. I think that during my time at Kenzo, I saw a lot of this kind of behavior of what you're speaking of in terms of the old versus the new. And sometimes that has a negative connotation, but I, I like to look at it as something to grow from. And it was a challenge to embrace the new way of showing collections, you know, having people share your collection live as you, as you release it to buyers and, you know, press and have them see it just like they do was something very new and, it was, you know, how do you own that new way of working and looking at the way people were showing product and getting the, you know, the customer excited to experience the product and then later buy it, I think was fascinating. And companies definitely have had to learn to kind of grow, especially in fashion, which, you know, they take a bit of time to, you know, evolve, let's say, with what's going on in the market and with owning our own business and having that flexibility, I think that was a big advantage for us to compete with the larger brands that had multiple categories. And here we are just an independent bag brand being able to stand next to companies, big companies on department store floors. So that was, you know, kind of think big, even though you are small kind of attitude that allow that flexibility. Yes, the, the customer definitely wants choices and the market gets boring if there are too few big companies. But let's talk about what you're doing now. Etelier 
is an exciting venture, combining technology with data to improve sales, design, and inventory outcomes. Tell us more. Yes, it is exciting. We are a female-founded company, and each of us bring our expertise into the early stages of building the product and understanding what the market needs and is looking for, really. And as we all know, there is a global call for responsible growth and inclusivity that demands that we revisit how we handle and view sizing. And on an exciting note, fashion's digital transformation is definitely on. So what does that mean for the customer? What about them? And how do we utilize the customer digitally? So that's kind of where we started. That was kind of the the roots of the conversation we had in the beginning. And so our technology empowers AR, VR advancements through remote body mapping and unprecedented accurate digital assets and provides customer data insight in real time. So we are challenging how brands and retailers can streamline production to meet actual demand while offering a faster and smarter shopping experience recentered around the customer. I would love to talk with companies like Skims who need precision and accuracy or even resell companies like the Real Real such as have such a varied range of pre-owned products whether vintage or last season or from American brands, Italian brands, to their customers of all sizes. I mean, it's incredibly intimidating to shop on some of these sites. So we're excited, you know, to share our milestones with the collab community in the future and, you know, keep keep the ball rolling with the development and getting the product set for the market. Amazing. This is really important work you're doing. It's so important to help the industry see women better. Thank you. In the U.S., we've gained 30 pounds overall in the last 30 years. And when you're petite, I'm five foot two and a half, and I gained 60 pounds with each daughter, which is crazy. I did lose it, of course. But what what do you think some of the biggest mistakes are in sizing and fit that technology e-tellier can help with? Oh, that's a big question. I think that, first of all, it's one part of it to examine the market as it is today and how we got here. And it's another to see how we can maybe help it evolve with it. And, you know, in terms of sizing and fitting, everybody's different. Everybody, every woman, every man, everybody is different and unique and special and beautiful. And I think that brands have gotten to the point where, yes, they need to produce, they need to produce units and they have to do it in an efficient way through size bucketing. Sure. But then, you have kind of this universal sizing for one garment in one collection that may change in the next collection after that, or you're shopping at one company and it's totally different sizing in another. So the whole system is decentralized and chaotic. And, you know, if I have to look at another sizing chart or compare my measurements or me to the model I see in the image of the product page, you know, it's just very difficult to find your way through that. And never mind, as I mentioned earlier, with resale market vintage shopping, where a size four in 1999 is not a size four today. So we want to try and close that gap to eliminate the confusion and really try to look at each customer as they are and help companies, brands, retailers to identify who's shopping with them to allow for better let's say, better production, better supply chain management, and really kind of dig deep and understand who their customer is and not just, you know, their age, location, the usual kind of touch points. So it's, you know, it's a big effort. 
I think that there are different ways to approach it across the spectrum. And luckily with our technology, it is capable of crossing across the spectrum from, you know, retailers to companies that do made-to-measure product. So it's exciting and we're, we're looking forward to kind of getting in there and seeing what we can do. Amazing. Emily, what is the best part of your day-to-day? Oh, that's a tough one. So I would say, as of today, the best part of my day is really the brainstorming. Usually we start with a touch base, the core team, and kind of go through where we're at in terms of the product development, research, and where we want to go. And really constantly having those touch points of planning and understanding our mini milestones, our bigger milestones, and what we want out of it. And it's constantly moving. I think that's the biggest challenge I've had with a startup and moving away from dealing with product that's already ready is <laughs> that in order to create it, it's constant checking in, constant re-looking at where we are, what we want to do with it and deciding together how we move forward. So that's kind of, that's what I've grown to love about startups. It is, it can be intimidating and a bit chaotic, but I think that in in this big picture, it's the way to move forward in a successful way. So I love that part. Yeah, it's so fun, right? I mean, there's nothing more exciting than ideating something and then making it happen or being a part of making it happen. Exactly. It's kind of getting that idea you had way back when, you know, sitting together around a table and actually getting it, that idea into something real and talking to people in the industry, discovering what's going on and does this really have an impact or could it have an impact? It's really fulfilling and it's a definitely a new learning curve and challenge. So that's where we are today. Amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks so much for being here for the Collab Career Stories podcast. Please follow us on social media at Join the Collab and sign up to become a member and share your story at jointhecollab.com.